Good afternoon, Roadie Nation. We're back for another week of Mark's Remarks. And this week, I had to find another great guest. We had Kasim Hill on last week, and I thought, all right, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to find someone just as big as the Rhode Island Rams quarterback, and I think I've done it today. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with URI Athletic Director Thor Bjorn. Thor, I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and sit with me today. Oh, Mark, I'm grateful you reached out, and I'm happy to be here and, and just applaud you on the great work you're doing. So thank you. Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, I mean, yesterday was URI's Day of Giving. That's the university's marquee day of sort of alumni engagement, trying to really get some donations in for the benefit of student-athletes, students, all the colleges on campus. And it seemed like from what I had seen on social media that it was a resounding success. Saw a lot of the women's basketball videos with Tammy Reese. She really has taken that in stride over her first couple of years here. But, I mean, just from an athletics perspective, what does that day mean for athletics and just how big of a success was it yesterday? No, it was a huge success. And and I need to thank uh, our Associate AD for Development, Garrett Waller, and his team, Chris Lennox and Amos Simonini, uh, that work in athletic development, you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of planning to move forward uh, and, and put together such a successful day because it's not really a day. It's about a month leading up to it. And then also all our coaches and student athletes that participated. I think that's why we have had such great success this year. We're about 200,000 over where we were last year. So we broke the million mark um, just shy of 1.1 million, which is amazing for one day of giving. Um, but those, those resources are huge. You know, the university is very, very supportive of us and we're very fortunate that athletics is important, uh, at URI, but we also know that we have to generate our own revenue in order to, you know, make sure that we can, you know, run our programs the way we want to and, and fundraising is huge. So I think our fan base is getting accustomed to that and, and used to that. Our coaches are really, you know, looking at that and saying, Hey, this is a great opportunity for us to focus. You know, they look at fundraising throughout the year, sure, but they can really focus and streamline one day. And then when you look at some of the fun things that what what Tammy's done over these last couple of years, I, I saw her, uh, some members of her team in the weight room this morning. And two years ago, I was very fortunate to take a pie to the face from all of them. <laughs> I think on the top of my head too. Um, it's just fun, you know, and, and I think people enjoy that, but that's why Tammy, you know, and women's basketball brought in, you know, I think over $350,000 because she's really embraced it. But all our coaches have, it's, it's a great, a great day. The success of that day seems to be a testament to the fan culture that has been created here at URI. And it's something that Archie Miller talked about when he was first brought in as the head coach of the men's basketball team, talking about how crucial fans are going to be for not only his team's success, but athletic success going forward. Just as someone who oversees all of the day-to-day stuff regarding athletics, just how big of a boost is it to have a fan culture like this supporting URI athletics? It's, it's a great question, and it's huge. Uh, you know, our, our student-athletes play better in front of larger fan bases. You know, we, there's been times, whether it, when you asked about Arch, you know, and certainly men's basketball, where, you know, wasn't that long ago that we had sold-out crowds in that arena almost uh, day in and day out. And uh, and we know that it's our responsibility to put together an amazing product and a fun, a fun environment to watch a game in, and, and that's really important. But the fans make all the difference in the world when when. You know, I think one of the things when Archie and I were talking on the phone prior to him accepting our offer to come here, he said, you know, the Ryan Center is a brutal place to play. It'll be fun to be on the other side of that. And it is, you know, it's a hard place to play when, when, that, when that place is rocking. So, 
you know, fan sports huge. And and again, it's a two way street. We know we have to. We know we have to be good. We know we have to. Uh, again, not just from an athletic department standpoint. You can't always you can't always control what's happening on the field or on the court. But you want to make sure that the the building's great and the facilities are great and the concessions are awesome and and then the in game entertainment is fun. Um, but I, I'm not always sure that our students or our fans realize the role that they play. They're huge. They're, they play a, a big part of it. So, you know, I hope they keep coming out. I hope uh, as we go into this coming year, you know, I've seen that really grow with, with uh, football. I've seen it grow with women's basketball. Uh, soccer has really grown, grown. And in men's basketball, what Coach Miller's doing is, is going to – we're going to be right back there again, and it's going to be a thing to do. So, um, you know, it is – it's a lot of fun. I remember when um, – you know, now Stone Freeman, who who does a lot of our play-by-play for us and also works for uh, Rhodey Sport Properties, after uh, our second time going to the NCAA tournament when he was a student, I just said, hey, just remember this. This this isn't easy. This is uh, this is hard, but it's fun. And you experience a real special time here. And we got to do everything in our power to, to get back to that point. Every student deserves it. And it, I totally agree. And I believe the special times truly are on the horizon. And I think the students realize it, too. You wouldn't see such strong support in groups like the roadie ruckus if students didn't fully believe and have that sort of passion for the university like they do and i mean you're seeing it with football with how successful the team has been there's an exceptional amount of hype surrounding the men's basketball with their new look team tammy reese and women's basketball i mean they speak for themselves with coach reese's character and just their success on the court and even with men's and women's soccer the support for those programs are growing exponentially i believe the the providence uri men's soccer game this past uh, a few weeks ago had over two thousand people there it was amazing and for for the facilities for the facilities there just to see the amount of people fill the uri soccer complex was in i was in awe of seeing that amount of people and it felt good to be a part of this athletic community and seeing that environment at for for those players you can only imagine what it's like being on the field seeing some of that stuff i've had the chance to talk to a few of those athletes and they've they've expressed just like the feelings of sheer joy and awe when they look up like Kasim, i remember he said that after he threw a touchdown against stony brook he had taken a moment to just sort of look around it was the fir- it was his the, his last first home uh, home game of the season and he kind of just looked and seeing mead after the renovations that had been done with all the roadie ruckus students right up against that line of uri athletes on the bench over there and he was just like in awe of what was going on. So I, I, it's a, it's a testament to the culture that's produced and the students do truly believe that success is on the horizon or they wouldn't be acting like this. So it's, it's, it's encouraging to see, especially with the growth of different athletics teams and the growth of so many different programs, especially teams like women's lacrosse, that's going to be starting up next, starting up next year or in 2025 rather. So moving on to investments from URI athletics, obviously all of this money has to go somewhere and athletics have been really pushing a lot of investments into different facilities across campus recently. I mean, we saw the Solovive practice facility open up a new state of the art facility for men's and women's basketball. I mean, what was the process like really getting that developed? Like, was there a lot that went in behind the scenes before it was even announced? Just how long was this project in development for? That's a great question. It's, um, it was a long time. You know, when and when back when Dan Hurley was here, actually back when Jim Barron was here, he talked about the need of a practice facility. The Ryan Center is great, but if there's an event taking place or um, you know a, a women's game or men's game, the other the opposite team is 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 sort of for, was forced to move to Keeney. 
um, which it, it's a it's fine, but it's not a recruiting tool, you know, for our basketball programs. So probably, oh goodness, I'm going to guess eight years ago, nine years ago, we started talking about it, and we knew that it would probably be cost prohibitive because we also knew we had to 100% fundraise for the entire project. So we knew it would probably be a little cost prohibitive if we were looking to try to build a standalone structure. And, you know, I kept walking by West Jim and I know it was being used for, um, from a varsity sports perspective, softball and baseball would use it a little bit. I know club sports and, re- and general recreation or murals used it. Um, but I just kept looking at it saying, my gosh, this would be a perfect spot. It's already built. You know, I know it's got to be, gutted and, and start, you know, start from scratch, but the bones are there. And, um, and back when Dave Dooley was president, you know, that was a conversation that we, we started and he said, go ahead and move forward with it if you can raise the money. And, um, so we went out and, and had a donor fund the initial architectural engineering work. So we got a sense of what it was going to cost and look like. And, uh, once we did that, we were able to go full steam ahead and, and we, we didn't go after a lot of donors. We had, um, you know, the, the Solaviv, uh, Stefan donated a $3 million through, uh, his foundation. And then we had, uh, three other million dollar gifts, a couple half million dollar gifts. And, and so we, we got there, um, pretty quickly once we started, once we knew what we were talking about in terms of this is what it looks like. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and this is what we want you to support. And so then, you know, Dave, Dave Cox was coaching at the time. He was certainly uh, very supportive of it. Tammy was when we recruited her to come to URI. And, um, and then when we went through the process of, uh, but we also knew, I'm sorry, I'll back up. We knew it had to be a, a market, you know, marketing piece. It had to be a recruiting piece. And so we really wanted to make sure that it, it was first class. And I'll tell you, it's first class. The, um, you know, it's, Hearing from 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 Arch, who you know again was when when we talked to him about coming here, it was really nice to be able to say, um, you know what, Coach, uh, it's not something we hope to do; it's something we're going to do, and we're actually in the process of doing it now, type of thing. And that was that was a great place to be. Um, but to hear him say and describe it as compared to Indiana's facility, certainly one of the the top historical programs in college basketball, and he said, you know what. From a basketball perspective, it's better. It's bigger, more baskets. You can shoot more. You can work, you know, have more guys do different drills, different places. And so that just made me feel good. Like, you know what? We did it right. And, uh, and it is right. And, you know, I'd love for people to come down and take a look at it. And, and, um, because it's something that we're incredibly proud of. I know from a recruiting perspective, um, it, uh, it'll be a huge help. You know, basically it's 24 hour access. You know, it's not, it, it, there's still some things you got to being finalized. But, you know, every player is going to have a thumbprint access to get in there whenever they want to, you know. And and I know there, you know, there's men and women that want to be out there shooting at 10 o'clock at night, you know, that want to be getting up at 6 in the morning and have access to something. That was another thing that they wouldn't always have access to the Ryan Center or Keeney. Um, now they do because it's it's their facility, men's and women's basketball only. And it's a game changer for us. We're th- we are so thrilled. And the fact that we had, again, we went out and raised all the money, had, the, had to have the money in the bank to move forward. We did that. Uh, it was $8 million all privately raised. And um, again, something that uh, I think really will help move our needle. I, for one, was very excited to when the video came out of 
the announcement that it was finished. You got this sort of drone footage of everything inside. I was excited to see it, and I, I haven't been able to step down there yet, but I will. I will soon enough. Just it's an it provides an unprecedented opportunity in terms of player development for these players. Like you alluded to, it's 24-hour access for these players to be able to hone their craft and really excel at different parts of their game. Something that, when you look at other schools, like even in the Northeast, like Providence, they have a state-of-the-art facility on their campus as well. And when you're a program in transition, really trying to not necessarily catch up, but to continue to grow and return to that pinnacle of the sport, it's all it's just the having a facility like this really provides like necessary steps in order to do that and i and i know a number of the guys on the men's basketball team i spoke to them a, a few days ago they they were very excited to be able to get to be able to get in there i know a bunch of them were talking about it on media day they took all their photos and stuff in there and it, it just looks fantastic and, and like i said kind of not to repeat on that but i mean it's a testament to the fan culture mm-hmm. it's all publicly like rate money raised all built out of donations and it was just the fans believed the fans believed that this was a necessity and that they believed that this was going to be something that was needed to really improve the program both programs going forward so i i'm very excited to see just the ramifications of this and you alluded to it as well the recruiting it's it, Coming to Kingston is is fantastic. It's a fantastic place to live, and in terms of sports, like you really can't get much better in New England. But having facilities like that, basketball-specific facilities, to go with an incredible arena like the Ryan Center, like one that my dad, my dad comes to every men's basketball game, he will never not mention it. He talks about how it is his favorite arena probably in New England to go to. We're, we're, we are incredibly lucky, and that's great to hear. Tell your dad to keep coming. Um, it's a great facility. It's I I think it's I think it's the best facility. It's the best college basketball facility. It's the perfect size. It's got a great look. It, the fact that it's twenty four years old and or whatever it is uh, age wise twenty years old, but it looks like it's brand new when you go in there. Um, you know, going back to what you were saying from a recruiting perspective, yeah, they want to know student athletes want to know where they're going to live, and we've got amazing dorms. Our basketball players live in Brookside, right next to the arena. It's terrific. What they're going to eat. The investments that the university has helped us make over the last few years in terms of training table, beautiful dining halls, et cetera. The fact that we're able to to make sure that, that our players are able to eat what they need to eat to be be ready to go and practice. And and then where they're working out. And uh, the Ryan Center was awesome with that. The practice facility, the Solo V facility is, it, it, you know what, I'm going to be honest, it, it was catch up. We had to catch up. We had to catch up with Providence. We had to catch up with UMass. We had to catch up with the people that we want to compete against, VCU, Dayton, all those folks had facilities like this, and we knew that um, it was something that was desperately needed. But again, the thing that I'm also incredibly proud of, there's so many things about URI that I'm so proud of, and it's not just athletics, but, you know, the fact that, that the university ended up, you know, it, it impacted them. It impacted our students in terms of recreation, intramurals, and so forth. But the university said, hey, we believe the importance in this. We believe that you came up with a creative, cost-effective way to allow you to achieve your goals of, of making us hopefully what we want to be, which is a perennial top program in the country. Um, you know, competing for A-10 championships, getting an NCAA tournament more times than we don't. You need that facility. And so 
I, I think it, again, it's a great tribute to the importance of athletics here at URI. And, um, you know, that's special and that doesn't happen everywhere. That's really important to know. But I think from an athletics department standpoint, we work really hard to be good partners on campus. We don't want to be, um, you probably don't know this, Mark, but, but if you talk to a lot of places, different schools out there, athletics is always thought to be on an Island. They're not part of the, the general community. That's not what we want. And those aren't just words. We really work hard to be a, a truly connected, uh, just a department on campus because our students are here to, again, sounds cliche. They're here to get an education. They're here to be, have a great four or five years experience at, a, at the most incredible place in, in you know, to, to attend college in the country. I, I'd be hard pressed to believe there's any place better. Um, so it's, it's special. And, and again, it's a huge point of pride for us and, and we couldn't do it alone. We couldn't do it without those donors that I talked about. Um, and we couldn't do it without the university support in terms of saying, yes, we're going to give up that space so you all can have it. So you can, again, help market the university and put the university on the map as to, you know, more year in and year out than we've been able to do. And this is a big piece of that. And I definitely agree about the fact that the athletics and the rest of the university community act in a cohesive manner as a student, as a student journalist, having working on both sides of that, the access that the athletic department provides for students to become involved with all of the different day-to-day goings and just how student athletes are able to become assimilated into the university community. Everyone's connected in one way or another. And I feel like that your department alongside the higher ups at the university have really done a fantastic job in making sure that everyone comes together and is all like you said, not athletics isn't on an island of itself. Everything works together. All our cogs in the same in the same machine, all working toward the same goal. So I feel like that's it's a one hundred percent agree with what you're saying there. It's- you're gonna kind of laugh at me, but you gave me the chills a little bit <laughs> because to hear someone like yourself say that that means it's working, right? Because you do you you're you we're fortunate to have you come down and cover us a lot in, in athletics, and but you're also you know doing a lot of other things on campus. So for you to to feel that means a great deal to to me as someone who represents the department, because we do want to work really hard for that. You know, we want to have great relationships with deans and professors and other VPs on campus, um, because I think if we don't do that, we're doing a major disservice to our student athletes uh, and then ultimately a major disservice to the university. So the fact that you acknowledge that is pretty special. I'm very grateful. That for you to share that. Um, I'm, ha- I'm happy that you feel that way. And so kind of switching gears a little bit, moving on from basketball, when you go to look at football, football is also on the receiving end of some alterations to their facilities. I mean, in the summer, we saw Meade Stadium, their, that stand get a little bit of an overlook. They had the changing in the stands to have that ruckus section sort of sectioned off toward the front, moving all the students a lot closer to the action, looking a lot similar to a lot of the um, literature you see of Mead Stadium. You got all those you got all those pictures of the students right there along the field, but now they got that entire section for the ruckus set up, and now work's being done to put in a new um, big screen over by where the scoreboard's going to be. Just, I mean, what, uh, what went into some of those projects? I know that a lot of those are still being worked on. I know there's still um, the scoreboard's still being put in, and uh, uh, fans are definitely wondering... Uh, what the status of a lot of that is. So, I mean, just like what have those projects entailed over the past few months? Yeah, I want to, I want to back up even a little further than that. I'm okay. going to go back to four years ago. It's to say that football is important here at the University of Rhode Island. One of the things that was frustrating, even uh, I've been here, very fortunate to be here 16 years. Prior to that, I was at the University of Massachusetts. And for years, there was talk about football not you know dropping at URI for years. And I know previous coaches 
here at Rhode Island that I worked with, and, and even Coach Fleming when he first got here, had to overcome that conversation all the time. Why do you want to go to Rhode Island? They're just going to drop football. Now, we've been playing football for 100 years, but that was still hurting us. And when I talked to John Priori, uh, Priori Field, and, and Sheila Priori, who donated the first million dollars towards that project to name the field, and then Jim Clappen, who gave us the next million for that project just to put the turf and lights in, I said to them, you know, what you've done is you've basically taken away any of these other arguments that other schools out there may be using against us. We wouldn't have invested $4 million in turf and lights if football wasn't going to be here and be important. And and so then, you know, moving forward, um, you know, at the main, the decision to add women's lacrosse, and now it's not just a football field, it's meat stadium because we're going to be playing women's lacrosse there and we're thrilled. We wouldn't have been able to do that without having the turf and lights in place. So that allowed us to attract a great coach like Jenna Slowey and allowed her to attract a great staff and then also great players. So the next stage, you know, the next step is, you know, we have some more significant work to do there. Um, one of our donors who gave us a uh, million dollars towards a field and, and also gave us a million dollars towards a practice facility, what he really wanted was a scoreboard. And I said to him, you know what? These projects, we need the cash to do it. I've got a plan to help us get a scoreboard in, a uh, video board. And our multimedia rights deal with Learfield's coming up. We have to go out to bid for that. Um, we're going to mandate as part of our RFP process that a scoreboard be put be, be made part of that. Um, so all the bidders knew that going into that negotiation. And um, and so when Learfield uh, was renewed, um, part of that deal was to put in a scoreboard. It's a million-dollar investment between the board, the control room that's going to be temporarily placed under the stands. And I'll explain why I say temporarily, mm-hmm. uh, cameras, et cetera. And so, yeah, were, were we hoping to have that in place by um, by the first game? We were. But um, some of the work that you alluded to around Meade Stadium was really more fire code and code work that was done this summer. Uh, we really needed to make sure that there wasn't any potential challenge to that work being completed prior to the first game so although we were still trying to work in parallel and have the scoreboard done we knew it wasn't going to get done in time and that's okay because as i said to uh to you know our 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 our, uh, fan base um in the tailgate areas and and our our players and coaches look that scoreboard is going to be here for the next 10 or 12 years you know let's get it done right let's make sure the stands are are good so we, we we can have fans here because the scoreboard is meaningless if we can't have fans here. And uh, and so I'm thrilled. So here's the update on the board. Uh, just when I was walking up uh, the hill today, uh, the four um, you know stanchions or whatever the right term is are in place, and now they have the cross beams in place. Next week, um, we're, the, the board should start to be installed. The control room is, is almost completed. It's actually temporary because uh, when we'll talk about the, the next level investment at Mead um, after this, but... So that's being done. So my hope, and I'm, I'm going to put a caveat out there in all seriousness, I hope that we'll be having the board up and running and operational for the New Hampshire game, not the Richmond game, which is homecoming. That is not, there's no way it'll happen by then. But maybe the October 28th game, uh, I think it's the 28th against New Hampshire, that would be great. Um, and then we'd have it for the last two games. We'll certainly make sure people know for some reason there's a technical technical reason why we can't have it done. But, you know, I'm told that everything's moving forward smoothly and uh, and I'm thrilled. I'm excited. Now, as I've said to our marketing team and others, it's, we're not going to learn everything we need to do with it in game one and game two. Um, but it's going to be great to get started, to get to get that up and running, get some replays showed, um, get some graphics out there, really help with the intro to get the team on the field, 
both teams, uh, you know, certainly football to finish up and then soccer when they start, I mean, uh, lacrosse when they start playing. So, so I'm excited. I'm thrilled. It's, it's something that, uh, is going to be the next game changer for us at Mead. And then do you mind if I go right into some of those yeah. other facility projects? So, so again, a great tribute to, to Mark Parlange, our president, uh, who went to the, you know, really to Providence and the, to the state house last year and talked about the importance of some of the facility needs. And, you know, looking at the, the Mead Stadium, West or East Stands getting torn down and, and be, needing to be rebuilt. Um, the fact that we haven't had a track outdoors in 35 or 40 years. And then needing uh, press box and stands at softball, baseball, um, soccer. So um, long story short, after really spending last year t- telling that story, I have to really thank Governor McKee for, for adding uh, about $45 million in his budget. And then, you know, the state legislature, legislature uh, leadership, uh, Speaker Sikarchi and, and uh, President, Senate President uh, Ruggiero for moving that even higher and, and all the members of, of, of those uh, leadership groups. So, you know, we're, we received $65 million in RICAP funding, which is asset protection funding. So we have to use those funds for facilities that are in need of repair. And if you haven't been to Mead Stadium, you know, that's a need. It's an old facility. It, it's, it's long outdue. It's time. So we're, we've actually done the initial architectural engineering work for that. We did that a couple of years ago. So we have a really good sense of what that's going to cost. Um, we know we need a new press box. That's, you know, because Mead Stadium press box is really set up for the press. Well, you need more than that. You need the control room for the um, for the re- replay board. We need a control room for instant replay for, for games, you know, for the officials. Um, we need coaches boxes that actually fit coaches in there. You and I would not fit in a box if it's supposed to hold six people. So there's a, a lot of excitement around that. So, you know, we have about $42 million to, to spend in that area. You know, one of the things that we're hoping to be able to do in there, we'll see how the budget works out is to add a women's lacrosse locker room underneath the stands. Football is going to stay in their current location. Um, and, uh, but I think it's, it's, again, it's going to be really exciting. It's something that, uh, you know, is in desperate need. And we hope in the next three or four, I, I hope three years we'll be in it. I'm always cautious about dates because you just don't know things that we don't control, but the resources are here. Um, and then we're going to do the same thing with, you know, the track. So we're moving full steam ahead with getting the stands done and the track done. Um, and at the same time, you know, part of our, our responsibility back to, to the governor and to the, the, the leadership in, this, in the House and Senate is to raise about $15 million. But what's great, if you remember me talking about with the Solovy facility, we had to have the cash in hand to get started. Well, now we have $65 million in hand, which is why we're going full steam ahead on the East Stands and Press Box, and we're going to get the track built. We're also going to be raising money against those projects to be able to do the projects required for softball, baseball, soccer. Uh, We're going to do some work at Tutel Pool, too. So I think in the long run, um, it's going to make everybody proud. It's something that I'm really excited about. The next, you know, three, four, five years will be a lot of fun. Um, We get to go out and tell a story. There's there's a lot of things, Mark. It's it's interesting. And I get it. I was at, again, another state school at UMass. uh, Same some of the same arguments you hear from your donor base at times. What's the state doing? What's the state doing? Well, the state's doing more than they've ever done in the history of, of, of URI athletics. $65 million is more than what the Ryan Center costs to build. So they are supporting. They've stepped up huge. Um, you know, we're going to ask our donors to step up also and help us to really, you know, take projects and facilities that were really, in, you know, eyesores and, and make them state-of-the-art and, and, uh, and special. And by state-of-the-art, I don't mean, you know, we're not building Power 5 facilities. We're build, building very functional facilities that we can recruit great kids to and then make sure our student athletes feel like they have a good experience while they're here wow 
All right. Well, to everybody listening, that that's your update on all of the proposed new facility changes for URI. That is incredible. I didn't I did, wasn't aware about half of that. That's incredibly exciting. I mean, as a student journalist, but I mean as a student in general, that's incredibly exciting just to see just the ramifications in terms of athletics that will come with that. And just to even touch on just the Mead Stadium alterations, that all shows because of the success of football. Football has improved, and these alterations are a testament to that improvement. And I mean, all the work that the coaching staff has done to really put a product that is desirable on the field has allowed for this stuff to happen. And all of these alterations, I know I know you'll probably be thinking about this too, will only lead to more success going forward. It will only lead to more success. I mean, when, when I look at whether it's Mead Stadium or certainly our track, our softball facility, um, you know, Coach Coach Goldstein doesn't mind me saying this. Our softball facilities is as bad as, you know, the, the seating area, et cetera, is as bad as any park and rec facility out there. It won't be anymore. Now, Whitney's gone out and raised a ton of money to, you know, put together a backstop that's amazing. We've actually invested some money for the infield. It's going to be great. But now she doesn't just have to tell that story anymore. We're doing it. We're moving forward. Um, because what she's done in two years is mind blowing. You know, when I think about the success that she's in, in the in the and where we are with our student athletes, kids that were already here and and new ones coming in, we're good. Softball's fun. You come out and watch college softball. It's fun to watch. And that's a great tribute to 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 Whitney and her staff and and those players. But I was very fortunate to sorry, quick side note. I was very fortunate to uh be working at UMass when Whitney was a freshman there and she was an all-American player just driven and committed. But when I think about Coach Reese, Coach Fleming, um, you know, Whitney Goldstein, our new our new tennis coach, Jonas Brobeck, who who just wins championships, Archie Miller who's who's wins. I mean, I'm missing Nick Trent Baltzell, you know, Gareth Elliott who's won conference championships, been to the tournament. Raf Serrato's been to the cha- I mean, we've got great coaches and and what we need to do is provide them the facilities to recruit to. Um and again, let's take away any reason why a student doesn't want to come here and participate because they come here, they're going to have a chance to, to, to win a championship. They're going to have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. And they're going to go to school in probably one of the most beautiful parts of the country, if not the most beautiful. And let's give them the facilities they, they need to feel good about and for their families to come watch and play. You know, with because of the state support, because of Mark Parlange's support, we're able to do that. And now we're going to go out and we're going to ask people to, to get behind it and support it financially like they, they've done for us in the past. But the great news, and this is where sometimes it gets confusing, is we don't need to wait. We're not waiting on Mead Stadium. We're not waiting on the track. We're going because we're actually out to bid for the architectural and engineering work now. We hope to have those bids back in the next month or two. I'm always worried about dates because there are certain things that we don't control. And um, and then you know that'll that, that once that's done, it takes time. They'll we'll go out and get a, a the design done. So we'll see what we're going out and selling. And uh, they'll go out, they being the university, will go out and get a general contractor that will be responsible for all the projects under one umbrella. And, uh, and then they get going. So it takes a little bit longer than if we were trying. If, we, if you and I had $42 million, 80 or whatever, that $65 million, we could probably go a little quicker. There's some, there are some, some real reasons why it's a little bit slower, but we'll get there and it'll be, it'll be great. I, wow. I, I, I'm going to take this recording, give it to the URI marketing department. This is going to be what they send to every single recruit to make them want to come to URI. This is the mission. This is the culture. This is the ideas that they're going to be buying into for when they come to URI. And I mean, we're 
out of time here. I wish we had six hours to go through all of this different stuff. But Thor, again, I greatly appreciate you coming on to just fill in the roadie fans for what's been going on in terms of projects and stuff like that. I know I can speak for every fan when I say we are excited for the future of this university, for the future of URI athletics, and not even in the long term, in the here and now. Obviously, basketball is coming up in November. Everyone is beyond excited to see what URI can do on the regional and national stage in athletics, and it's all down to you and your staff. So thank you for everything you do, and thank you for joining me today. Oh, Mark, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for all you do. Um, it's uh, it's a great place to work because I work with amazing uh, you know, young people like yourself who are just starting your career here and are going to go off and do great things, and you know, amazing student-athletes, coaches, and, and my staff who I – uh, adore and and really uh, uh, really appreciate. Um, they put in a, so much time and energy and effort because they care and they love it here and it's a special place and we're very fortunate. So thank you. All right, and every thank you everybody for listening. We will be back next week, so don't go anywhere. See you all next week.